Welcome back to the Mitchell Street Fantasy Podcast, and holy shit, what a terrible week it was for most people. It was honestly hard to think about things to say about each game because everyone just did so bad, it was getting repetitive. Seven teams scored less than 100 points this week, um, and I was too lazy to go through every week of the last five years of the league, but I went back a few and Pretty much in the last two years, it was the worst like overall week of teams combined ever. Ever just being in those last two weeks. But uh, yeah, and four out of those seven teams didn't even hit 90 points. So that's how bad it was. I uh, hope it's a record that we don't break anytime soon. Um, I'd also love to point out that a week after getting the shout-out, the North Division somehow managed to have all three teams score less than 100 points. They were also the only division where every team scored less than 100 points. But believe it or not, Derek had the second highest score of the week and is now on a three-game win streak somehow after he beats Dan, even without James Robinson. His team scored 120 points, and the craziest part is his bench went off and scored 110 points too, so that he had a lot of points there, um, but he was pretty much the only one. It would have been good enough, his bench would have been good enough to beat nine other teams in the league the week just by themselves. After seven terrible weeks, Derek is suddenly gaining momentum, confidence, uh, leaving Chris behind in the depths of last place. Uh, he's put a few few games between them for the first time this year and I don't know what happened with Dan. Dan stumbled this week. Should have also beat nine and a half no nine out of twelve teams in the league this week. He had just 102 points but he missed out on a chance to take third in the standings but it was another week of gambling on Daniel Jones and this week it once again didn't quite pay off. He could have started Carson Wentz who scored 24 it wouldn't have been enough to win, but it would have been a lot closer. Uh, and it's so weird. When you look at both rosters, you would never guess that the team starting Damian Harris and Devontae Booker against Austin Eckler and Josh Jacobs would, would uh, win that matchup. But I guess here we are. The proclaimed spotlight matchup of the week of last week between Cody and Jason didn't really live up to the hype. Uh, in the first full healthy week with Christian McCaffrey, Cody put up a dud, losing by 15 points to Jason, losing out on a chance to take over first in the standings. And even though Jason was forced to sub in Joe Burrow because Aaron Rodgers is an anti-vaxxer apparently, um, it didn't really matter. Jason probably had the best overall running back group of the week, starting three running backs. I think maybe the only team in the league doing that, but they all totaled together for 50 points. For Cody, Tyreek Hill, Amari Cooper, Aaron Jones, they combined together to score less than just Cordero Patterson. So if it weren't for the crazy 20 points from that white tight end in Pittsburgh, uh, this could have been a real sad week for Cody too. Uh, but the saddest week goes to me, who lost to Eric last week by basically 55 points. Eric broke his three-game losing win streak, had his highest score in three weeks, and scored the most points overall this week. A good game for him gets him back on track towards the playoff. He's just sitting outside the wild card in seventh. He played Brian Edwards, who somehow scored zero points on four targets playing the full game. But Darren Waller had his best score since week one. And then we had Lamar Jackson and Alvin Kamara obviously doing what they usually do. 
I just had a terrible week this week. Chase Edmonds and then Greg Zerline both got hurt immediately. Uh, Khalil Herbert apparently is immediately back as a backup running back and isn't going to play much anymore now that David Montgomery is back. And Patrick Mahomes doesn't know how to play quarterback anymore, so that's pretty cool for me. Um, I have really good wide receivers still, but I'm not really optimistic about my next couple weeks looking at my running back situation. Um, I only put up 70 points. Uh, worst performance of the year for me so far. And I really hope Patrick Mahomes starts to play well again so I can maybe have a chance at winning. But luckily for me, I am not at least where Chris is. He is dead last after losing another tough one to Stitches. Stitches was the only team in the North Division to, t to win. Uh, but he still didn't put up 100 points. just had 98. This matchup really came down to which team underperformed less. Uh, and it was Stitches this week. Chris and Stitches combined for 11 players, scoring less than 10 points each. Chris's score was really buoyed by Jonathan Taylor, who scored 34 points. But that was 40% of his total points for the week. Uh, loss keeps him in dead last. He continues to put in that hard work to make sure he secures a spot in the Sacco Bowl. Stitches, on the other hand, bumped himself up and is now the sixth team, meaning he is in the playoffs right now. He survived, but he's been in a real bad slump lately. This was his worst week of the year so far. He hasn't topped 112 points since week three. Um, so if he really wants to keep the sixth spot, he's going to have to keep it going or at least perform a lot better. The last two matchups we had were Joe versus Brandon and Nate versus Colin. Um, as we probably all know by now, Joe and Nate both in the same division, currently both in the playoffs. Brandon and Colin are also in the same division, and both of them are currently missing the playoffs. But Joe and Nate both lost their matchups last week, putting them at 5-4, and four, which means that Brandon and Colin are 4-5. and five. I didn't really realize this until I looked at the standings, but the difference between third and sixth place isn't that big right now. Um, it used to be a huge gap between first and last in Nate's division, but right now over the last three weeks, Derek is even somehow actually playing himself back into contention. He's two games behind first place, and Joe and Nate are tied, and ESPN is even willing to boost Derek's playoff chances to 4%. It's a 400% increase from last week. Um, Nate's still recovering. I don't know how he's planning to replace Calvin Ridley and Derek Henry, who he lost last week. Joe's still waiting for Kareem Hunt to come back, so, you know, there's a chance that there's some shakeup there. For Brandon and Colin, these wins mean a big step towards being back first place in the division. Dan lost, so he really missed an opportunity to get ahead. He might regret it later on. They're all just one game behind right now. Totally up for grabs. Um, one of those three teams could be in a fighting spot for a wild card team down the line. I guess we should not have written that division off so soon. But this is all going to build up to our spotlight matchup of the week, which isn't really going to be a single matchup, but it's going to be the matchup between these two divisions. Um, this upcoming week, Joe plays Dan, Nate plays Brandon, Derek plays Colin, and it's the East versus West going head-to-head. Every team has something going for them in the game. Wins for Brandon and Colin, keeps them in the mix for the division. Could even force them into a three-way tie if Dan loses. Joe and Nate are fighting to see who can break out to be the 
only team in first because they've been tied for the last couple weeks. And Derek basically has to win if he wants to stay in the playoff hunt. It's going to be an exciting week of matchups. It at least gives me something to root for since I have no faith in my team anymore. But as always, I hope you all lose. Peace.